0: This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's topic is going to be how the soul corrupts the mind. But first, the prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, All that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Today's topic is going to be a little more in-depth... Ah uh, and unfortunately, I think I'm gonna to need to break this up into two parts. Just for brevity's sake, um, it, I need to make it digestible for people who, uh, for whatever reason, um, have issues concentrating. So I'm gonna break up this this topic into two parts and uh, we'll see where that uh, what happens from there. So when I talk about the topic and I say the soul corrupts the mind and what am I talking about before I get into that, Once again, I need to make a disclaimer. Everything that I'm talking about right now, I'm I'm not claiming infallibility here. Um, This is just um, a theory that I have. So you take it, once again, take it for what it's worth. I think on one of my previous episodes, I talked about how... um, the, the concept of the Trinity. And I wasn't really satisfied with how I explained the concept. So I'm going to spend a few minutes explaining how the Trinity is actually mirrored in natural life in human beings. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the concept of the Trinity, you know that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are one. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. Three separate components, one united being. Now, in natural terms, and for those of you who may be new to my podcast i often say that the natural is a very dim reflection of the spiritual uh not life the spiritual realm so just like the holy trinity is three components united into one being in a human being you have a body you have a soul, and you have a mind. And these three things come to make up the unity of a person. Now, obviously, the mind is your intellect. The body is the body. And the soul, and by the way, you, you can... Uh, Get all autistic on me, all you want to. Uh, Pre-Vatican II teaching is very clear on this: the soul is the seat where the Holy Ghost is supposed to be. So, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping that people can get where I'm going with the topic here. If your soul In other words, if you are tainted by mortal sin, or venial sin for that matter, your actions, which would be your body, and your thoughts, which are your intellect, are going to be corrupted. And that's as simple as I can make it. That's as simple as I can make it for anyone. It doesn't get any simpler than that. And I just want to add this disclaimer too. My advice is don't sit and overthink the concept of the Trinity if you are a traditional, I'm sorry, a real Catholic. Don't don't overthink it. If that if that if the Trinity is the teaching of the one true Catholic Church, leave it at that. You know, we've had three thousand, uh, almost three thousand years to get it hashed out, and it's pretty much been hashed out to anybody who's ever uh, bothered to uh, read their uh, catechism. I mean, and if if you're like the uh, uh Well, I don't know how to put it, but if history is your interest, read the history of the Catholic Church. Now, I would advise be careful when you're, you know, in your reading material, but read the history of the Catholic Church. It tells chapter and verse how the concept of the Trinity has already been hashed out. But this is not what this topic is about. So, I've explained the foundation to how the soul corrupts the body and the intellect if you are not in a state of grace. Now, the concept of being in a state of grace has been explained by professionals who spent years studying moral theology and the theology of uh, repentance by better men, better trained, and honestly speaking, probably a lot more uh, in a better state of grace than I claim to be in. Now am I saying that I'm some wild-eyed heretic trying to mislead you and lead you astray. Everything I'm talking about and everything that I have been talked about, I'm taking strictly from Orthodox Catholic sources. Take it for what it's worth. But as I, as I say throughout both my podcasts, um, platforms, you got to do your own research. I always I always like to talk about how you got to do your own research, research and here's why. If you're just mindlessly consuming things and you're not researching, and you your basis on accepting a concept is either one, well that's not what I believe, so I'm not, you know, you dismiss it out of hand. Or, well, uh, somebody else said such and such, blah, 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 and I believe them. And this guy, you know, he obviously, he's contradicting what so-and-so said, so obviously he doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. If, if that is your attitude... um. As charitably as I can put it, you're being a mindless consumer. And when I say mindless, I'm not saying it as a uh, as an insult. What I'm saying is is you got to research what you believe, which I've talked about previously. If you think what I talk about. Is complete and utter garbage. I mean, you owe it to yourself intellectually to at least, why do you believe that I'm full of garbage? But most of all, you owe it to God because I'm talking about God. I'm talking about his one true church. So, you at least owe it to God to do as a famous uh, YouTuber once put it, your own diligence, your own due diligence before you dismiss dismiss a concept. And by the way, not that I think I get many seculars listening, but if you're secular, that goes in the secular realm. If whatever government you happen to live under and... uh, Here's another theory I have. All governments are Masonically influenced. Are you just going to mindlessly believe whatever your government tells you? Or are you going to do your due diligence and let's just say Prime Minister so-and-so or Member of Parliament so-and-so or Congressman so-and-so or... um, Mr. Biden in the White House says something. And by the way, um, I know that there are many people, many people who, who have the mindset, well, the CDC said this, so I'm going to take it. And for those of you who are not American, the CDC is the Centers for Disease Control or whatever alphabet agency is in America. If you're the type of, and I've met these people. Well, the FBI said it's got to be true. The CIA said it's got to be true. Why? Now, you know, I always... Well, I'm not going to say always, but starting around 2017, I realized that my government has a vested interest in keeping its citizenry ignorant of the real situation. And so... I started, you know, I started challenging my own concepts, my own belief systems. And so by the time I actually decided that politics is a rigged game, and it is, take it for what it's worth, that, oh, I'm sorry, I I, started, I, I got to that point, that's when I decided, well since things can't be changed here, on when I say here on earth, since they can't be changed politically, then I need to go to God because he's the ultimate truth and ask for his help to change me spiritually. And that gets into the concept of what I'm getting at with the soul corrupts the mind. Because if you're still laboring, you know, if if you're treating God and his blessed mother like an abstraction, if you're treating heaven and hell like an abstraction, your soul's already corrupted. It just is. Our Lord and his blessed mother are real. They're real people. Now, for you seculars out there, you you know, you you take that for what it's worth. But if you consider yourself a real Catholic, that that should be a given. But assenting to something intellectually and actually living it are two separate ideas. Um, but. I, and this is, and by the way, another disclaimer, everything that I talk about, I've been guilty of. You know, way back in 2016, I I, I, I couldn't call myself any more of a true Catholic than Mr. Bergoglio that currently occupies the Vatican or any of his henchmen. So... My soul would, you know, take, take the fact that I'm not really practicing what I claim to believe is the truth. I'm not living it. But then take in all the crap that I was involved in at that time. And of course, you, my mindset's totally you know, as the Germans would say, kaput. It's corrupted. Because my soul's corrupted. And that's kind of been the theme for the past few episodes, is how, if you're not living your faith, your thinking is is darkened. St. Paul, and one of his epistles, I want to say it was Corinthians, but it could have been either Thessalonians, Thessalonians or uh, or Galatians, he talks about how the mind is darkened, and what he's talking about in the natural sense. With if you're not making any all, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, if if you're not referring to the spiritual life. or or practicing your belief system, and I'm talking about if you're a true Catholic, then you're going to see things dimly. That's why I always say, I understand some concepts, I can can, uh, uh, assent to them intellectually, but only dimly, because I'm not where I should be spiritually yet. So, for you, uh, smart guys out there, or what I call the three hundred IQ paste eating brigade, um, I'm not making. I'm not claiming. That's that's why I always say multiple times on, on both my podcasts, or not mine, God's podcast, that I'm not a saint. and I'm not a prophet. I'm no. I'm nowhere near where I should be, but I will say this much, and this is not prior or egoism on my part, it's the truth as I understand it, I'm at least trying, I'm trying to get there. Now, for anyone who wants to, 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 to challenge anything that I've ever said, I would invite you to ask yourself that question, Am I doing everything that I can to be what God called me to be? And this goes back to not everyone's going to be a saint, but we're to try. I would say your baseline, if nothing else, should be okay, okay, Maybe it's not God's will that I be a saint, but I'm going to try to be as pious and devout as I can. That should be your your foundation. And let God take care of the rest. But that's just... Those are just my thoughts on the topic. But once again, just like the natural is a dim reflection... Of the spiritual realm. Even people who call themselves true Catholics, i.e., set of um, because their spiritual understanding is darkened because of the corruption of either venial or mortal sin. Their natural takes are corrupted. And I'll give you an example. Not that I haven't already spoke on this at length, ad nauseum, but, you know, these people that are all worried about the Great Reset, the Great Tribulation, blah, 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 blah. And I'm talking about true Catholics here. They don't because they don't understand the concept of divine providence, their natural takes on the situation are not what I would call spiritually wise takes. Because, you know, like I said, I've already pounded this this particular uh, concept to... To ground beef. Um, what I'm going to say is, and I've covered this concept too. Your your natural perception. Never mind the spiritual. I'm saying, uh, but they're both go hand in hand. Once you're striving for piety and um, holiness, your mind becomes clear. You can see things for what they are. Now, to me, that seems very logical and very consistent. I mean, And I'm I'm not talking about people who are not true Catholics. I'm talking about... I'm talking about uh, people who consider themselves to be true Catholics. This should be a logical and consistent, and not only that, an orthodox concept. Because once again, I'm not seeing anything that hasn't already been said prior to Vatican II. Now... For those of you who are of the Vatican II uh, Faith Council or Protestants, I'll say to you guys, I've been both. So when I speak on these things, it's not off the top of my head. I'm not grabbing it out of my butt. I spent time. I did, you know, I did... I I I did the research, maybe not as good as I should have, but I did enough research to realize that these two these two belief systems, and I hate to to do I hate to do damage to the concept of a belief system by calling these two heresies a belief system, but these two belief systems are untenable. And once again, let's go back to another concept that I I don't think is really, it's not talked about much, at least as far as I'm aware. And uh, it needs to be covered. And that's the concept of objectivity. Objectivity or objective I'm sorry objective if you believe that God exists if you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and he said in his own bible there's only one church and one belief then once again this comes this this is being a mindless consumer if you're a Protestant, if there's only one church and one way to heaven, why are there 40,000 different denominations? And if you're Vatican II sect, I would ask you, how do you reconcile? I mean, if you believe that the Catholic Church is the one true church, that should be your baseline anyway. But And that's assuming you're not tainted with the heresy of indifferentism and uh, ecumachism. How do you reconcile that belief with the fact that there are heresies, blasphemies, and sacrilegious stuff going on in that sect at least once a day? Once a day in the case of the Vatican however many times it happens in a particular parish. And the reason I, I talk about objective and subjective is today's society and cultures subjective. So I'm sure, not that I think that this happens, but if there is a Vatican II sect member or a Protestant, they would say, well, different people need to take different paths to get to where they need to go. I'm just where God wants me right now. That's subjective. That's subjectivism. And for those of you who said, well, you've said this in your own podcast. When I say this, and maybe I haven't made it clear, I'm talking about in relation to God's truth. In other words, before you can take the path, you have to see the objective. That would be like, if I were to go to a neighboring town, that's my objective. But I don't have any any conception of how to get there. I'm not going to get there. I'm going to be lost from the get-go because I don't have maps. I don't have GPS. None of the people in the town where I'm at know where this particular location's at or town. And they can't tell me. But when I say that everybody needs to take their own path, the primary objective is, number one, is knowing the objective. If there is only one true church and one way to heaven, then you have to um, understand or you, um, I'm sorry, you have to acknowledge that truth first before anything else. This is not something, you know, um, God will give us graces. Uh, God will, will bless us. We have to, but we have to submit to his will. We have to die to ourselves. Once again, I'm not perfect in this issue. I'm trying the best I can, though. Trust me. Um... And that gets to the second part of getting to the objective. You have to be willing to, you know, to submit and accept the graces that you're given. How do you know what I'm doing on both my platforms isn't literally a grace from God? And once again, I'm not talking about subjectively. I'm talking objectively, and I kind of strayed a little bit, so let me make clear what I'm trying to say here. Objective means it never changes, that it is God's truth, God's honest truth. Subjective, which is one of the uh, diseases of modern day culture and society is, well, you know. Your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth, and blah 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 blah. So, in other words, what I'm saying here. This is why, for my set of contest listeners, or true Catholic listeners, I stress everything I'm saying is based on Orthodox um, resources. This is not stuff. You know, this I didn't wake up today and decide eh, I'm just gonna go ahead and just spatter on at the mouth, and I don't care what the outcome is. And that's another thing, too. I'm not, you know, when I do this stuff, trust me, I, number one, I don't want any glorification, but even if I did. Um, I could get glorification for myself doing something entirely else. I'm not unaware that a lot of people probably listen to what I say and how I say it and get turned off and dismiss me as a lunatic. So, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not doing this because I'm insane. And I just want people to mislead people or that I'm, you know, just randomly saying what I want to say. There, like I said, if I were in this for myself, I, I could do something entirely else differently. And I've got a uh, God has graced me with enough skills and ability that if I did want to somehow get honor Worldly honor, not godly honor, worldly honor, I could do it. Probably do it well, too. But that's not the purpose here. So, I want to circle back to what I was, the the topic. If your soul is corrupted, your thinking and your actions are going to be corrupted. You know, that's why the true Catholic Church has seven deadly sins. Because if your soul is corrupted, either venially or mortally, by any of those seven, your mind and your actions are going to be corrupted. In a very real fashion. You know, matter of fact, as long as I'm on the topic... I'm going to give some examples. Give me a sec here. Uh, Okay. There we go. All right, so the seven deadly sins are pride, covetousness, lust, anger, gluttony or greed, envy, and sloth. Let's just say I'm proud. Um my, you know, even in a venial way I'm proud. Well, number 1, the pride is going to keep me from following God's will completely. But let's just say uh it's a mortal sin. So everything that I have reference to, it goes it, it bumps into what i just talked about is the spiritual aspect but even in the natural aspect everything that i do is going to be for my own glorification everything or or i'm going to take pride in things like my job my wife or husband if you're female uh my possessions my strength My, um, my intellect. Covetousness. Um, actually when I said, uh, gluttony or, or greed, actually covetousness is just a, uh, a, uh, 10 cent word for greed. So I got him. I got him a little confused. If I'm greedy, same thing. Well, I'm gonna do, you know, my acquisition of, of material is gonna be more important than anything else. Even at the even at the expense of friends and family. And by the way, all the seven deadly sins are at the expense in one way or another to. Your friends and family. But if you're a true Catholic, as I never get tired of saying, your frame of reference has got to be wider than just the people that are intimately involved in your life. Your frame of reference has to be for everybody. Lust. Now for the pious and devout, uh True Catholics out there, Lord willing, this is not a particular issue. However, let me let me just uh, put it as delicately as I can. Even if you're if you have the venial sin of lust, you're not watching your mind, you're not watching your eyes, and you're gonna you're gonna be checking out the hot. If you're male, hot women. If you're male, or I'm sorry, female, the hot guys. And um, and by the way, all the seven deadly sins, um, they affect different people in different ways. But if. If you're not controlling your eyes And your mind Then It's going to be an issue And heaven forbid And I really mean this Heaven forbid That you should fall into the sin of pornography And the attending Mortal sins that come out of the Original mortal sin of pornography And here's another concept that I don't think as of this recording I've made. Please listen. I beg you for the love of all that is holy, listen to me. The longer you are entrapped in a particular mortal sin, when you do decide that enough's enough and things need to change, the harder it is to get rid of. I can't stress this to you enough. I cannot stress this enough. And by the way, um, just just in secular America, they, I've said this often enough, we tend to be hung up on sexual sins or addiction sins. Even in the venial ways of the other sins, um, they they ignore that. And a lot a lot of it has to do with this with the heresies of Protestantism in Vatican II. Anger. Anger. And and I know this because I've, I've been a former Protestant. Some Protestants will say, Well, there's Jesus said, be angry, but sin not and they'll probably give you a half right explanation that um either you can be righteously angry or you you can go to the person you're angry at and try to hash it out before you know before the end of the day because it is written I'm I'm not sure if Jesus said it or if St. Paul wrote it, but it is written that, oh, St. Paul. Thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. It was St. Paul who said, before you go make your offering, what he's talking about is receiving of the Eucharist. He's saying if you've got an issue with somebody, Go to that person and hash it out before you receive the body, soul, blood, and divinity of our Lord and Savior. Sorry, Protestants. That's the truth. But and this is another, you know, I, uh, one of my favorite podcasters, and I still agree with him that we as Americans, we make it easy for the rest of the world to look down their noses at us. But I found this, you know, the the same things that he's talking about, because I've been to Europe, and I've met people from different countries. The same thing applies to people from other countries. It just depends on the culture. You know, whatever, you know, whatever is annoying depends on the culture. But as far as the anger goes... You know, there's a reason, and I believe it was on the Sermon of the Mount, for those of you who are not aware, that's the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapters 5 through 7, where Jesus was teaching his audience, and he said, even if in your heart, he didn't even say, say it to their face, but even if, oh man, that guy is an idiot. He doesn't deserve to live. You know, You don't have to say it to the person to be guilty of the venial sin of anger. Gluttony. Gluttony is just overindulgence. Thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. What I should have said is gluttony is another 10-cent word for self-indulgence. In other words... If you eat when you're not hungry That's gluttony If you have an alcoholic beverage Um And you get drunk That's gluttony If you Um If you drink A lot of soda pop That's gluttony If you Tobacco in and it of itself Is not A sin. But let's just say you smoke cigarettes and you're smoking, oh, I don't know, four packs a day. That's gluttony. So gluttony is just self-indulgence. Envy. This, this, you know, well, let me clarify another issue here too. Um. Oh shoot. Um. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, of all the things about myself, my uh, my uh, memory is not what it should be. If I remember the point that I was trying to get at, I'll put it out there. But envy, if you're looking at your neighbor and they have a bigger house, a better car, better looking wife, well behaved, better behaved kids, or just in a generalized fashion, because I've noticed a lot of people who consider themselves progressives on the, um, political end of the spectrum, although, in all honesty, a lot of people who consider themselves red-pilled right-wingers are the same way. They'll, they'll, they'll look at a generalized, you know, it may not be their neighbors, maybe people they know personally, but in a general way, oh, there's too much greed. Why does Bill Gates have all the money? And, you know, and he's doing blah, 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 blah. Or why does... uh? Um, Elon Musk for the, for the progressives out there. Why does Elon, you know, he's an evil guy. He holds the wrong, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be able to buy Twitter and blah, 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 blah. That's, that's envy. Okay. Now for the seculars out there, I can excuse, you know, that mindset because they don't know what they're doing. If you're true Catholic and you find yourself criticizing people who are in higher positions of power than you are or their wealth or their status. That's envy. Even even in a venial level, that's, that's envy. Sloth. I apologize for that. Sloth is just a very fancy way of, uh, of laziness, of saying laziness, if you're lazy. If you're a procrastinator, I really, I'm not okay. feeling it today, so, you know, I should do my rosary, but I'm, I'm just, I'm going to put it off because um, kids were acting up, wife was all over my back, I, I busted my hump at work, I, I'm just not feeling it. That's sloth. So. as this 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 all comes to this this is why the pre-Vatican II church lays a stress on piety and devotion and holiness because if you you know even if it's a venial sin in one way or another it's going to manifest your thinking and your actions And just so we're clear, I'm sure there's there's there always is somebody out there going to say something along the lines of, "Well, oh, the stoic philosophers are blah 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 blah. That's that's wonderful. I don't care what Seneca or um, there's Seneca and um, Aurelius, Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, I, I don't care what they what they wrote. Because it goes back to my concept of a broke clock is right twice a day. So yeah, there's there's truths in Plato, there's truths in Aristotle. Guess what? Even though St. Thomas Aquinas used Aristotle as his jumping off point, he didn't do it. Uh the Catholic Church's uh, theological teachings are not all based on Aristotle. They're not. He Saint Thomas Aquinas used Aristotle what was useful in him and threw away the stuff that was pagan which if you're a true Catholic is is literally known as baptizing. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on this, and maybe if the Lord leads me, I'll get into deeper detail about this particular concept. A lot of people who consider themselves to be true Catholics will dismiss Protestants and Protestant, well, Protestantism they should, but Protestants, no. Having grown up more or less in Protestant households, not that I practice, but They are capable of decent acts just like pagans are capable of decent acts. Let's just say um, and this is just a random example. I'm not saying that Bill Bill Gates is a pagan. Because I don't know him personally. I don't know what he's got going on. But let's just say Bill Gates is just a complete and utter pagan. And let's Let's, let's make our example even more extreme. Let's just say Bill Gates is an actual Satanist and he goes to literal ritual murders. Well, if he donates $10 million to a charity and the charity itself is corrupt, what, you don't think that our God, our Lord Jesus Christ can't take What he intended for evil And bring good out of it Because if you're under that impression You're mistaken But to get back to my My point Um We as true Catholics Are supposed to take The things of corruption In this world And believe me Everything is corrupt in this world which, you know, see the topic of my, you know, of this episode, Um, we're supposed to take the good and somehow fit it into the framework of serving our Lord Jesus Christ and His Blessed Mother. And I'll give you the perfect example. Right now, I am recording on a smartphone. By the way, this goes back to the concept of things in and of themselves being neither evil or good in and of themselves. It's the intent. But anyway, I'm using a cell phone. I'm using an app to record it. And I'm putting it up on a very secular app. I am taking these things which, number one, being neutral in and of themselves. But people, being people, do use these things for evil purposes. And I'm trying as best as my own flawed self can do to get out God's message. That's his. That's as basic as I can make it About Taking the good in, in a pagan society And trying to turn it into something Godly And it's the same way You know um, when, when you're dealing with Your basically pagan neighbors It's the same thing If you're trying to be Pious and devout You see the good in them And you don't ignore the evil. You don't ignore it. But the same token, if you can't directly intervene on that person's behalf, and I'm talking physically, pray for them. How much does it cost you to spend, oh, I don't know, two minutes in prayer for a particular individual? How much? And if you don't... If you're blessed enough to be aware that you live in a pagan society and you're a product of a pagan culture and society, how much time does it does it take you to ask for the conversion of the lukewarm and the non-believers? And... Once again, I'm saying this in reference to people who are trying to be devout and pious. But just as a disclaimer, if you're pious and devout, I doubt very seriously what I just said applies to you, or it shouldn't. So, I'm going to wrap up here. And when I say wrap up, I'm going to give some closing thoughts, then I'm going to end. So the concept or the topic I should say is if you you know, if you're interested in actually practicing your beliefs is not um is, is not a hard concept. The soul is the seat of God. If there's corruption in the soul, your actions and your thoughts are going to follow. It's just, that's as easy as I can make it. So I'm going to end here. I want to thank you for your time and your patience. I really do. And take it for what it's worth. I'd like to see as many people get to heaven, and I do pray for everyone. But once again, because this is going to be, you know, one of the things I I, I say, you have to have have the willingness to accept the graces that God gives you. But before you can you can accept those graces, you have to be able to recognize those graces. You know if. You, To put it as simply as I can Let's just say you're the type of person That if somebody gives you money You think yeah I deserve this And let's just say To beat a dead horse Bill Gates rolls up in his limousine To your house or apartment or wherever you're living The homeless shelter And writes you a check For 10 million dollars and your attitude is yeah i deserve this money yeah well you're not going to have you're not going to have the mindset that you've received a grace or a blessing you're not going to know what you know you're going to be like one of these uh horse stories that you always hear about of somebody in America we have a lottery it's called the lotto that wins billion in the lottery and it's broke within like five years. So before you can accept the graces and blessings that God gives you, you have to recognize them. That's as easy as I can put it. And I'm actually thinking about changing the ending too. You have to be able to recognize your blessings and graces before you can accept them. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.